0: This is the Midlife Mail Podcast with Greg Scheinman, brought to you by Inns Group Insurance. Inns Group is ensuring success. From the Gal Media Studios, here's Greg Scheinman. All right, here we go. Once again, on the Midlife Mail Podcast, Greg Scheinman here. Thank you so much for joining me this week and every week and keeping that Midlife Mail movement growing. On the show this week, I've got Jason Robig. He is the co-founder of Live Better Co. These guys put together some incredible retreats, health and wellness retreats. He's also a Nike-sponsored trainer. He's out of Shy town Also the author of Wake Up Wednesday. This is a really cool newsletter, blog, whatever you really want to call it. I get it dropped in my inbox each and every week. It's one of the standout newsletters that I actually take the time to read from top to bottom each week that I get it. Jason's got a great perspective on health and wellness, on training, on balance, on recovery, on nutrition, and on living your best life possible. So here we go. Jason Lobig on the Midlife Mail podcast. All right, it is mid-life male podcast time. Greg Scheinman here. I am talking with Jason Lobig from Live Better Company this morning. Jason, thanks for being with me.
1: Thanks for so much for having me on.
0: I'm sorry I missed you in Chicago, man. I love Chicago. Now we got to do this <laughs> by phone, but but we got to do another one in person.
1: Oh, you got to come up. It's a fun time when it's not going from 90 degrees to pouring down rain or snowing in two hour intervals.
0: <laughs> You get those windows of good weather in Chicago. I'll come down for one of those. Yeah, perfect. It's good right now if you want to come down. <laughs> so this morning, okay, I'm going to talk about this morning. I wake up and go through my little morning morning routine. Even when I'm on the road, I'm in Dallas today for, for work. Um, but when I get around to check my, my email, in my box is Wake Up Wednesday from you guys at Live Better. And
1: That's
0: it. I thought it was a great place to start because this is a kick-ass email.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> from, from top to bottom. And I think like a lot of people, you know, we get inundated and, and get slammed in our inboxes, you know, every day. And we've got to try to kind of cut through, cut through the clutter, you know, what gets through, what do we want to read, absorb, you know, and what helps us. And I really, I really enjoyed this. So talk to me a little bit about the Wake Up Wednesday concept, you know, what you guys are doing.
1: Yeah, definitely. And this comes at kind of an opportune time to talk about it because this month, we're really going to take a quick step back. Our business is built around this kind of idea of the best day ever and what that means. And we have sort of made it into this mindset in that you choose at any moment to be better than you were the moment before. So you could say today is better than yesterday. Tomorrow is going to be even better than today, but it's always sort of within your power. And this month, we've been going through, we write one email uh, a week. Every Wednesday comes out at 7.30 a.m. Central Time, um, right to your inbox. And we created this kind of hybrid inspirational, motivational, and educational email. It's the most consistent thing we've been doing at Live Better. We're on year three. Actually, in three more weeks will be exactly three years. We haven't missed one Wednesday yet. And within it, we talk about a lot of different open-ended health topics, both physical health and mental health related. This week was actually week four of kind of walking through this four-step process of what we kind of call this best day ever mindset. And actually, to your um, earlier point, step number one is to detox. It is to take away and strip away all the non-essential sources of information that we consume on a day-to-day basis because we're all kind of suffering from informational overload. And Brett and I, Brett's my co-founder, take a very kind of non-dogmatic approach to health. We don't subscribe to, oh, I only work with kettlebells, or I only do yoga, or I'm a runner, or I'm a rock climber. Um, We take things from everyone and sort of combine them together to produce this very authentic, real delivery of health information where we meet you where you're at and then take you from whatever level you're at to the one above it. Um, So this email has been this outlet for a lot of these ideas that we've tossed around, and it's a great way to build our community for people that we don't see on a weekly basis in Chicago, whether we're training clients or teaching classes. Um, People open that email all over the world, whether they're on the road or at home. So it's been a really fun thing we've done every single week for nearly three years now. Um, and we've gotten so many rewarding responses and anecdotes and stories that have come from people, um, that read the email. So, um, I'm really proud and happy of of that.
0: Great way to wake up, as I said. Um, and we jumped right into that, but let's backtrack for, for a second. Um, and tell us a little bit about Live Better Company, you know, what you guys set out to do, and um, you know, the, the philosophy behind the business and you guys.
1: Definitely. So actually before we started it, Brett and I were both in corporate jobs. So I was a public accountant. I went to school um, to study accounting, came out, got my CPA, started in international tax. Brett also went to undergrad um, and studied economics, business and came out in corporate retail data analytics. So neither of us worked in health. Neither of us had a health background. And I was working really long hours, traveling a lot. Brett was kind of unfulfilled in his role also. And we were friends in college. And he was coming back to Chicago from Milwaukee, where he was living at the time, and started talking to me about this protein bar that he was making on the side. And it was super clean. And this was pre like you could walk into any grocery store and find something gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free. This was, you know, four and a half years ago before the shelves were stocked with that. And we started talking about, you know, health and whether we liked our jobs and the impact we were making and, and just kind of realized that we needed to explore this little side passion that we had in health. So we started our business actually around a protein bar and, in developing this protein bar, we started taking meetings with anybody that we could talk to. We said, "I don't care if you work in health or not. If you're good at what you do, I want to talk to you about that and understand why why you were interested in it, how you went about starting it." And we had a lot of really great meetings doing that. Actually, the first business meeting Brad and I ever took was with Peter Rahal, who's a Chicago guy um, and is a co-founder of RX Bar. Fast forward two years from the date of that meeting, Rx Bar sold to Kellogg for $600 million. So I was like, maybe we should have stuck with the protein bar. Um, but we started having all these amazing conversations, and that turned into a podcast. That podcast turned into me wanting to write a little bit more, which I had been doing in college on the side for a friend's sports blog. So we started Wake Up Wednesday. And then Brett and I started training private clients. We got involved with Nike. So Brett and I are now formally on the Nike training team and the Nike running team here in Chicago. Um, We both got yoga certifications, um, so started to teach yoga classes. We then started to lead meditations. And we realized that different people at different times need different things to be solved. So health is sort of a circle with different pieces to it. And you're only as good as your most glaring weakness. And I think when we were deciding to transition away from our corporate jobs into Live Better full-time, you know, we had been adding all of these things on top of our plate. And I was training clients, teaching classes at Nike, starting to teach yoga, going through my teacher training certification, all while I was still in public accounting, which the hours are not light on. So It was nights, weekends till two in the morning. And I think we just got to a point where it was like, all right, this is now or never. And we figured out, you know, the baseline financial needs we needed to quit in order to pursue this. But I also knew that there would be uncapped potential if this was always just a side hustle and not a career. And what was funny is as we quit, really just having a few private clients and a few group classes on the schedule every week that as we reached back out to businesses that I had been working to before, we realized we had so much to offer corporate clients. So then we started going in and teaching corporate workshops and how to be healthy in the office and just basic things like stress management and how to take breaks and eating healthy while you travel, simple things like that. Um, And the business sort of kept blossoming from there as we got more opportunities. Nike gives us uh, access to a lot of great athletes, and community leaders to do really cool moments in the city, uh, especially for kids. Um, you know, we've had a ton of other kind of corporate projects pop up. We've led fitness festivals. We've headlined wellness events um, and just had a really great time doing it. And, and so the business has been this really big add-on of activities. I think it's been fun letting those opportunities come in because we've always had the same mission, which is, to meet you where you're at and take you from whatever that level is to one level above it and continually do that day after day. We do that through just constantly saying like today is the best day ever, have the best day ever and just kind of plugging that in and at first it seems like very cliche and now best day ever is written on you know, every napkin and wedding sign you'll ever see. Um, but at the time It was this like super contagious thing. I started signing off every single email with that. And people were like, you're way too positive. Like, are you saying that to me in a sarcastic manner? And I was like, no, I actually mean it. And it's funny because after you hear that a few times, it starts to become extremely contagious. And you realize that you're like, wow, this is actually more in my control. We just use all of these health tools to present. We don't tell you how to live your life. We just say, hey, here are a lot of different things that can help you become healthier, help you be happier, help you to connect with other people. Um, Here's all these great things that we're doing if you want to join and do them with us. Um, We've got our email if you can't make it to us in person. And it's this kind of continual upgrade methodology of, okay, I understand that you're doing really well right now. How do we push that even a little bit further um, to be better day after day after day? And we just kind of keep adding on to this repertoire of, Classes we teach and things we're talking about and things we're doing. So yeah, it's been a really fun journey.
0: It's it's awesome. I I connected with this question that you asked in in the email. It said to consider this question and I think it's really applicable to midlife males like myself and guys that are in different places in their life, Um, balancing fitness, balancing family, finances food, nutrition, all of those things. And he asked the question, to consider the question, what is the difference between a beginner and intermediate and an expert? And and I'm curious to to get your thoughts on how you guys approach working with how you define it and also how you approach working with beginners, intermediates and experts, because I think there are guys out there that are in all phases, you know, of, of this and maybe need a little need a little help more in one area than another, maybe a beginner in one aspect of their life, but an expert in another. And, and do you help shape, bring that back into some, some balance?
1: Definitely. So I would say the beginner usually needs motivation and just a template to get started. So they need the initial push. They're, you know, still trying to break in and make things a habit. Um, sometimes, and I think this is really a typical. I, I mean, I, I would put most people in that category and it's not all their fault either. We're just inundated with way too much information. And a lot of it is not good. You know, there's, everybody's an online trainer. There are millions of sources of information that you can consume and it's really hard to sift through it. And big marketing does a really great job. I think food is probably the easiest thing to point at does a really great job at fooling you by saying like, oh, this is gluten-free, like you should eat this. But we never had any of this training when we were younger. So if you haven't taken the time to really figure out what works and what is healthy for you, it's extremely difficult to filter through that information to get started on the right path. So I think the beginner needs that initial motivation, needs that initial push. The intermediate, which is very resemblant of um the Chicago uh kind of workout fiend, where people work out but we don't quite have the vanity of LA and we don't quite have the speed and just kind of crazy lifestyle of New York so you have all these people in the middle with kind of like one foot in one foot out like I really love to exercise but I'm not going to do it if it makes me skip brunch <laughs> and uh we always laugh about that. Um, But I think the intermediate person has tried several things. Things work up to a baseline. Um, Nothing is going really, really well in the sense that they reach expert status, but nothing is going really, really wrong in terms of feeling like they're lost. So they'll take a couple classes a week or they'll work out or they eat well half the time, but then in social situations, you know, they're just kind of, meandering around, right? And then you get to the expert who is really just looking for fine-tuning. So you could plug your high-end, really dedicated nutrition and fitness experts into that realm. You could plug your athletes into that realm. You could plug really high-performance business owners or entrepreneurs into that realm who really know what they're doing. They can buy – financial resources or other help can have, can outsource like meal prep and meal planning show up. Maybe they have a personal trainer. So they just really don't need to dedicate a lot of thought to it. And I think at every stage, it's really important to meet the expectation of the person coming to you. So if I was going to be the coach of a beginner, I'm not going to throw a bunch of terminology that they're not going to understand at them. I'm not going to overtrain them to the point where a workout is destructive, and debilitating. Um, People want to come out of those beginner workouts feeling successful and connected to other people, and that the, the purpose of the workout should just be to bring them back for the next one. The intermediate needs to say, okay, with a little bit better planning, here are the levels that you can achieve. I see that you've done XYZ. Your training age is three years, you know, you've been working out, running, doing yoga, whatever that might be for a consistent period of time, but you've hit a plateau and you're just not quite sure where to go from here. You could stay in maintenance mode or we could strategize a little bit and we could instill a bit of discipline in you and you could get to the next level. And then the expert, they're looking for the fine tuning. They're saying, okay, I have one hour to work out. I'm going to do this three times a week. Here's what's worked really well for me. Those people are normally very self-aware. They've put in countless hours and a ton of time, and they're looking for a high-end tweak. Um, You know, we could talk about this forever, but, you know, the difference might be an athlete is looking for something very physical-related, and the business owner might say, I work out all the time, I eat really healthy, I'm really great at my job, but I have a little bit hard time managing stress. What can you help me for that? And we'd work on things like productivity, routine building, Um, even just simple like meditation or breathing techniques to help heart rate come down. Um, Just, you know, anything like that, you're making kind of a high end tweak to to each of those areas. So I think it's just delivering the information in a way that they're expecting and where they can find value in it that moves them from the level they're at to the one above them.
0: What's the advice that you would give to someone who, again, kind of living more of a sedentary lifestyle right now. They're up, they're getting to work every day. They're not really exercising. They want to get themselves back. What's the first, so they would be that kind of beginner. um, What's the first step they should take to kind of start regaining their health? Yeah,
1: that's a a great question. Um, And, you know, depending on my audience, I would usually answer that in different ways. My kind of baseline, just like initial kick response is just to start people. I I also, in that email, I had something in there that said the perfect plan you never follow is absolutely worthless. People are always looking for a magic bullet. And the, the, the rough honest answer is that just as long as it took you to get into the sedentary low energy, um, you know, low strength, a little bit melancholy lifestyle, it's going to take you an equal amount of time to dig yourself out of that hole. Um, And I think you have to be okay with it being a journey. And the only way I think to build a really long-term habit to get back towards regaining their health is to outsource some of that accountability because a lot of people are really great at their business. A lot of people are really great at family um, but their health is not a main priority until it kicks you right in the mouth and forces it to be. And by that time, it's already too late. So I like to either have people join any type of group fitness or group class. I think the environments are really fun. They're engaging, and you can find help for less money. And there are a lot of really great free resources to do that also. Um, I'm sure in every single city you can find community workouts, whether that's yoga, whether that's walking, whether that's working out. Just get around other people who share the mindset that they're also trying to get healthy. Social support is the number one indicator of whether you will succeed or fail at your health. So if you walk into your office, I was actually talking about this yesterday on Instagram. If you walk into your office, and the rest of your coworkers do not support your healthy eating habits, you're going to eat the pizza that gets ordered for a meeting. If you don't bring your own lunch, you are going to fall prey to whatever the social environment is going on around you. So the first step is just to surround yourself with people that care about the same types of things. Um, If you are struggling with weight, I usually say nutrition is the first spot to look, and it's just making some simple habit changes. I would do that like once a week, like just focusing on getting more water, focus on eating out at the same restaurant that you know is healthy every single day for a week. It's just building in habits that you don't stray away from. Um, And then, you know, for somebody who's like, okay, I feel like I eat all right, but I just kind of lack the motivation. Getting in that group environment is really, really helpful. And if you have the financial means to do it, I would definitely say hire a trainer because then you're going to get individualized attention and there's no faster way to get in shape for you Um, As long as the trainer is good, of course, to have individualized attention to get exactly where you want to go. This plan is being built for you. There's so many good like customized meal delivery services now that it's never been easier to get in shape. I think people just have to take the first step in doing so and just kind of cut their ego, you know, cut that like uncomfortable voice in their head that says like, no, I I don't really want to try this today. It's like you just need to do it a couple times and then it becomes easier every single time you try.
0: Yeah. What, what advice do you have also for for guys? You mentioned earlier, hey, if I know what my target audience is, I can kind of tailor it. You know, the, the target audience or avatar of, again, a midlife guy, balancing the family, balancing the career that you talked about. Uh, what's your advice for those guys? And you talked about group exercise. And maybe I found that the guys in general are a little bit more reluctant to – Jump to, to jump into group exercise or do anything that may make them look stupid, you know, or for yep. a better term, or 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 uncool, or they don't want to show that they're maybe not in their best shape or that they're not as strong, you know, as as they used to be. Um, specifically, when it comes to training guys um, or what guys should be doing. Do you approach it? Do you approach it differently? Like, do you see those differences between men and women? Where women, are like, hey, they'll group up and go to any class if they think it's gonna make them, you know, healthier, healthier, look better, move better. But guys are, are different, right?
1: Yeah. So I, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm looking somebody in the face, usually I just square up to them and and just shoot them straight. I'm like, this is your ego getting in the way of you being healthy. Like you are you are allowing your ego to allow you to duck responsibility for taking care of your health. You know, if you have a family and you're providing for your family and your, your health fails you, you will be incapable of doing that. And I usually just make it real. Like, you know, you, you only had your health for as long as it keeps kicking. And the second it stops, it's going to affect your entire family. So in that way, pursuing your best health is selfishly unselfish. you, have to take care of yourself first or you'll be incapable of taking care of your family. And I think it's just an ego issue. It's just saying like you are unwilling to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. Um, that's all in your own head. Nobody is judging you because they're trying to do the same thing. Um, you know, it, it's funny. I teach at Barry's Boot Camp in Chicago, which is a high intensity interval class. It's half treadmill, half lifting on the floor and it's got an intense reputation. So I get several people a week coming into the door being like, Hey, I'm kind of a little bit scared to try this, or I've been scared to come in for a while. And I'm like, you know, I, you know, I understand like the music's loud and and the lights are down and there's a lot going on and the class is difficult, but guess what? You get your own treadmill and you get your own bench and nobody is paying attention to what you're doing because they're all trying to pay attention to what they're doing. And I, I think that's the whole thing of, like the whole beauty about group fitness is that it is an individual pursuit surrounded by people that are all encouraging in the same goals. Think about back to when you played team sports. Why did you enjoy playing a team sport? Because you were surrounded by your friends. You were surrounded by a community of people who wanted to do something fun and active that supported you, that were working towards this goal. I would say pick something that's going to recreate that. You saw CrossFit blow up on the backs of ex college athletes and ex professional athletes and, um, you know, ex competitors that said, This is exactly what I want to get back into. This is the environment that I've been looking for for a really long time. And I think for anybody who is uncomfortable in a group situation, first just say, Okay, for this month, I'm going to be willing to try anything. I don't care. If I'm a 45-year-old guy who's out of shape, I will go with my wife or whomever to bar class. (laughs) And I'm just going to try it. And even if I look like a total idiot, at least I tried. Okay, that's not for me. Great. Why don't you try a high-intensity interval class? That's not for you. A little too intense. Why don't you try yoga? Try a couple different instructors. Walk across the street to a strength training class. I mean, there's never been an easier time to pop up and join very supportive, encouraging communities that are judgment-free. You know, nobody is going to judge you for walking in there and trying something new. You just have to shut down your own ego and say, you know what, it's time to set that aside and I'm going to do something that's going to make me healthier. I'm going to go into this with an open mind. And, you know, if I'm working working with somebody one-on-one that's having a lot of those reservations, we usually get to the root cause of it. They say like, oh, this one time I took class and I fell off a treadmill. (laughs) <laughs> this one time in yoga, I fell over onto the mat and slipped and, and I felt like I looked like an idiot. I was like, well, what happened after that? Did they charge you extra? I'm like, did somebody not talk to you? Did you lose business out of that? And they're like, no, no. I'm like, all right, well, nothing bad happened. That was all in your own mind. Like You need to go back and try it again. Um, so I think it's just really searching around and, and keeping an open mind until you find something that's supportive and then you're going to be addicted to it. Like, you know, I've seen that with Men going into yoga, starting running, um, starting lifting again, finding intramural sports. It doesn't really matter. You just, you got to find a group of people that support you, I think, and and you'll latch on because it will feel like what it used to feel like to be on a team sport.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, One, we just got our first Barrys in Houston. So that just opened up. I think it it just opened up last last week. Um,
1: It did. Very new.
0: Yeah, so Barry Houston um, with actual D10 Decathlon uh, competitor, Megan Cushing, uh, as, as the GM down there. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. You're absolutely right. Nobody's paying attention to anybody else in that red room, okay? <laughs> nope,
1: nope, zero other people. If you look left for too long, you are going off the back of your treadmill. So you better pay attention to, to, to what you're doing. And I think, you know, if you've been in a Barry's class, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you're just zoned in. And then after an hour, you're like, wow, I really felt everyone else's energy in the room,
0: but it had
1: nothing to do with what I was doing. It wasn't 57 other eyeballs on me being like, wow, I really hope you don't fall off the treadmill or wow, I'm judging you for running at a eight mile an hour pace instead of a nine mile an hour pace. Like No one cares. Nobody cares. Everybody is just on their own journey to get healthy. And it's it's your own ego that's saying like, all these eyeballs are on me or I'm feeling judged or... I'm being looked down upon. No, you're not. That's that's your own voice, and, and that's kind of what we work with and contend with.
0: I think it's a great point because the communities that we talked uh, I touched on briefly, whether it's the Barry's community, whether it's the CrossFit community, whether it's the d decathlon community, what, what you're touching on is just a group of like-minded individuals who are supportive of one another uh, to to be healthy. As far as how many push-ups you do or what level you're at versus the next person? It, it's, irrelevant. It, it, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. The, it's the notion that we're all coming together with a common goal is we each want to be healthier. We each want to be better than we were yesterday.
1: That's exactly it. And anybody who ever judges people, shames people in any type of fitness environment, like, should be asked to leave. I don't care if it's yoga or Zumba or running or you're in dance class or wherever else, if somebody is discouraging of you being there and trying, um, it's just like, it's unacceptable because we don't have the luxury any longer with how much weight issue we have with how much mental health issue is going around. Like we don't have extra time to allow them to, like, go have to process all these feelings. Like, you know, the, the reason why we're having this conversation is a lot of those men in the middle age fell out of that because they didn't feel like they belonged in those environments, because there was no one looking out for them, because there was no education being given in their corporate environment. If wellness is not bred in culture, it will inevitably fail. The, the, the people that live the longest on this planet walk places, They're communal. Neighbors look out for each other. They inherently eat healthier foods. We could walk into any grocery store right now and consume completely made up fake shit and go home and get all the entertainment we could ever want right from our couch without having to do anything active. And when we go into work, if you are being rewarded for the number of hours you work instead of how happy and productive you are at work, then those incentives are misaligned. And you can easily see why we've had this bad slide towards poor physical and mental health instead of this group-encouraging environment to say, if you're healthier and I'm healthier, we're both going to be better at our jobs. Our connection is going to create an even bigger, healthier response. And it moves and snowballs in the other direction.
0: Sure. Uh, Talk about the three S's and what you mean by this. Subtract. Specify and simplify.
1: Got it. So in our detox step, I think um, there's a great quote, and I, I always get this wrong, but like perfection is not achieved when uh, when more is added; it's when there's nothing left to take away. So in fitness, we call it a minimum effective dose. What is that kind of saturation point where? You can spend the least amount of time doing something and gain this huge benefit. Um, the specify is kind of our said principle, which says the better you specify and the more you niche, the faster you're going to get there. So if I wanted to start a business, I always give the, and, and we did not take our own advice, but I was always. Give the advice, you know, get really, really, really good at one thing and then let your skills and potential from being great at that one thing expand the number of things you're doing. Go one mile, go one inch wide and one mile deep. Don't go one mile wide and one inch deep. And then the last thing is just to keep it simple, which is to say that complexity adds extra time, extra stress. And it's just kind of unnecessary. Um, You know, in fitness, if I was coming up with strength schemes, we could talk shop all day about one million different training principles or ideas or frameworks on number of sets and rest. There are an infinite number of variables to tweak. What is just going to produce the the response that you want the fastest? What is going to be the easiest thing for you to follow? So if I said, okay, Um, I want to clean up my diet. First, let's subtract all the foods that are really not helping you get there, right? All the pizza you're eating, all the unnecessary sugars you're consuming, all the fake foods, let's take all those out. So let's say we've subtracted that down, kind of an elimination diet of sorts. Let's subtract all that down to only the bare essentials that you need. Then you say, specify, I want to lose weight okay, well, you need to consume less calories than um, you were burnt, right? So you need, or you need to burn more calories than you're eating. And that conversation is incomplete, but let's just say for the nature of this, that that falls into the third step, which is simplify. We don't need to get into this completely complex um, macro breakdown and talk about carb cycling and a bunch of different confusing things that can be left to make high-end tweaks later on, let's just make this very simple. And let's pick a number. You have subtracted down to the foods that you want. You've specified to say, I want to lose weight. And let's simplify it by saying, I want you for three weeks to consume 2,000 calories a day instead of the 2,500 that you've been consuming. Let's see what happens, right? This is a very long journey. Then at the end of that, you kind of go through this process and you repeat that. You said, okay, well, I lost two pounds, but now I don't have as much energy. Well, now we go back and we tweak that again and we specify again. You think in that sort of three-step process, you just get very, very clear on what you want instead of trying to change all these variables at one time that you will inevitably not be able to follow, right? Unless this is your job, which for most people it's not. If you're an accountant with three kids, a family, and a whole bunch of stuff to do, you don't have four hours a day to spend on your health. You have 90 minutes. And you have to routine a lot of that and outsource a lot of that. So you better make sure that it's simple or else there's no way you're going to follow it.
0: Great. Great stuff on there. I want to take it a little farther. And and, and by farther, I want to talk about even that El Salvador, okay? And the best wellness experience. Ever as I'm going through this, you guys have evolved to live better into these retreats and experiences. And I, I want to talk about what, what the impetus was to get those things going, what the expectation you know, is and how we can benefit by getting out of, of, of our environment into a new environment to, to change our, our mindset and learn to live a little bit better.
1: Definitely. Don't um, don't forget to let me talk about set and setting.
0: Um,
1: But first, we'll talk about the first thing on how we came about developing retreat. So first, uh, I think when Brett and I were thinking about the way in which we wanted to set up our business, our kind of like little pipe dream internal manifesto was we wanted to teach whatever we wanted, be able to self-educate to get there and then ask for help. And we wanted to be able to teach and connect with people all over the world and travel. So we said, I want to teach. I know I want to be in front of people on a stage doing one-on-one small group, whatever that might be. And we want to travel doing it. Um, And travel has been a really important part to both of us. We both study abroad in college. I've been all around the world as has Brett um, and really found that experience of travel to be so meaningful, perspective, expanding just really gave me a different worldview on what else was out there besides just, you know, the Midwest or even the way that the U.S. does certain things. Um, And in doing that, you know, we started to teach. We expanded the number of things that we could teach from high performance, you know, more athletic style fitness to boot camp style fitness to yoga to meditation to talking about nutrition to a lot of different, kind of mental health strategies like productivity and stress management and sleep management. And we realized that we could package all of this up into a pretty incredible experience. And we have been lucky enough to get connected with a lot of great content creators, both in Chicago and elsewhere, so people that shoot photo, video, um, a lot of media. And we, Brett, started to train um, somebody who worked in the tourism business. And they took over the tourism um, and media help for El Salvador. And El Salvador does not have any positive tourism whatsoever. So at this point, it was essentially a blank slate. And we went down to El Salvador to visit originally on kind of like a media trip. So there were a lot of other restaurant uh, restaurant bloggers. There were some travel agents that came with us and the – topic of conversation was just kind of showing us around El Salvador and what was out there, but we had a specific purpose. So we knew at that point, okay, we want to package up all these different things, not only yoga, not only meditation, not only fitness, but we also really want to set this up in a community atmosphere. So we went down there and we said, Hey, we want to meet somebody that runs a resort near the beach. And actually the very first meeting we took at this travel market conference that we were down there for was the owner uh, or was the salesperson of the resort that we now go to, which is really cool. So we visited this place and we were like, this is going to be home. So the first trip we ever set up down there was with a few other photographers and videographers and we gave it a dry run. Um, And we kind of set up this day-to-day flow and programming in which we got people moving, We got people thinking. We got people to um, get in creative mindsets. We wanted it to be extremely social and eye-opening, this very judgment-free place where people could share things they were working on, things they were going through, and just come back from a travel experience feeling different than what was normal. So instead of going to an all-inclusive resort and just drinking by the pool for a week and coming back to reality on Monday – we were saying, how can we create this travel experience that's so different that people can start businesses while they're on this trip? People can unload, you know, trauma that they've been hanging on to since their parents got divorced or since a family member passed away. You know, we've had people share all kinds of really deep, meaningful life experience, both good and bad on these trips. And the downstream effect of the connection of of all of that has been absolutely incredible. And I think we've been doing this for the last three years. This is our third year in a row um, and our fifth time going back to this resort in El Salvador. Um, And we've really refined our process to create this flow where people show up and first we really get their body moving. So the surf is absolutely incredible. Those waves run on batteries all day long. Most people that come have never surfed before, and it's a fantastic place to learn how. And it's this very kind of um, nature-driven, very physical activity where you get to laugh and play. It's fun. It's difficult, so nobody's good at it right away, and you kind of have to check your ego and just say, like, this is something I'm going to get better at over the course of a week, but I'm starting as a beginner, which is really cool. And then we follow that up with yoga, coaching sessions, workshops, a lot of cool little bonfire experiences where people are sharing different things, journaling, exploring around. People get to take time to themselves to read and catch up. Some people starting businesses. Some people are working while they're there. They just, you know, they, they want to start their day and end their day a little bit differently and, and they work remote during the middle of the day. Everybody's there for a different reason But we want the purpose of the trip to say, to be, this is a different way to travel. And we're really going to open your mind up to what your true potential is. Um, And getting back to what we were talking about before and, or what I was mentioning to you before about set and setting, Mm -hmm. your mindset at home in the setting that you do your normal day-to-day life in comes with baggage. It comes with strings attached. You have obligations. You have errands to run. You have stress reminders everywhere. You know, you've got things strewn about your kitchen table and your kitchen counter. And, you know, there's a target right down the street and you can walk and go get your food from somewhere. Or, you know, your, your favorite pizza is on your walk home. In El Salvador, you are nestled in the jungle along the water. The food is fresh. You're waking up to this beautiful sunrise every day you're surrounded by all these amazing people and in that way your mindset is immediately flipped. The, that's the set. And then the setting, this is a, I think these are like kind of medical terms in the way that they administer a lot of um, exams and on experiments and research. Um, But the setting is also um, conducive to being creative and, you know, staring at the ocean is a stress reliever waking up to the beach without, you know, hearing horns blare in the morning of people honking at each other in downtown New York City or downtown Houston at 7 a.m. when you're driving to work is very different from hearing waves crash outside your window at 7 o'clock and waking up to coffee and then seeing people that you know are going to support you all day long and make you a better version of yourself. It's just day after day, it produces this absolutely massive response in positivity um, and and being healthy, both physically and mentally, and like that is the purpose. And we're just creating a community around that.
0: Yep. And how do you bring do you bring that back with you? I mean, I understand uh, and can appreciate the value in a wellness experience. Getting the opportunity to travel, which I think is great, and I really I do like. Um, I think there's a little bit more of a of a trend in these type of wellness or you know healthier ways of traveling versus I'm just gonna to go to the place and I'm gonna sit down again, you know, like <laughs> yeah, and stay still all that. So I do really, really like that. What's your take on when you get back, you know, and, and applying again what you learn to those environments that you still are in where there are the horns honking, you know, and and the the traffic and the elevators and the and the people about how to adopt uh, and navigate that lifestyle when you're back in an environment that may not be as supportive?
1: That's a great question. And we set up our trips to be a little bit different than most that are out there or most hotels that are going to offer any type of wellness offering to address that exact same question. When you're thinking about how to handle stress at home, you're doing so within a stressful situation. So that's the first thing to think about is that Most of the time, it's really hard to clear our headspace at home. That's why people go on vacation. You don't take a bunch of days off and then go sit back on your couch and just watch TV. You're like, I want to go do something. Like, Okay, so we know that when people want and need a break or when they want to figure something out, they have to change settings. So we've produced that, right? We have the beach. We have this amazing setting. So when you get there and you're surrounded by all these people, you're doing kind of this deep work both on your body and on your mind. We ask those very questions and set up the workshops, community interaction, and physical activity to support that very thing, to say, listen, work-life balance is not a real thing. While you are at work, you are living. You don't go to work and then the things at work don't suddenly disappear and you're just a different person during your home life and all the things you do for fun just end when you go back into work. Like This is one big blend. And it's really forcing people to figure out, is this how you want to be spending your time? Do you want to come back and spend all that time doing the things that you've been doing? Or are there ways to change that? Are there ways to do those types of things better? So every workshop that we do is really an evaluation of your home life. You're just doing it in this new setting. And when you can come up, when you can come at that with a mindset of empathy, patience, positivity, and a healthy attitude, right? It's a lot easier to do that work than it is while you're at home and stressed out, right? If you have a spouse and you're in an argument, it's really hard to all of a sudden just flip on your rational brain and start saying things from a place of patience and care and love and understanding, right? You need that separation to come back to say, wow. Wow. I really didn't like the way that I phrased that or I really should have treated you better. I really should have been more thoughtful about the way that I was making you think, feel and think. And now that I've taken some time away, I'm back and I'd like to do all these things differently. That's exactly what we're doing just on a review of your entire life, your home mm-hmm. life, your work life, and all of that. And different people are there for different reasons. So Brett and I give an individual coaching session to everybody that comes. And we do it as a group, and it's not formal. We just come in and and kind of start the conversation to say, like, hey, can you please tell us, like, why you came? You know, what can we help you out with here? Because we know we're doing all these really fun things, but there's probably something you're here to work on. Whether that's just the way you work out or whether you needed a break or whether you're thinking about changing jobs or starting a business and really taking an honest, thorough review of that. And while we're going through all these workshops and having this conversation, we come up with the routines that you will take back at home. We will say, walk through your ideal workday. Walk through your ideal leisure day and set that up to be repeatable. Where can you start to ask for things at work? Where can you start to manipulate your day to work in your favor instead of being a Planko chip getting dropped in there and, and having everybody else kind of determine that for you? So the, the, in terms of us doing things in person to directly support the people that come on our trips, we've got this weekly email, our Wake Up Wednesday. We've got a book club that's a little more intense than your average book club. We, like, make people set goals and people Google Hangout in from all over the U.S. Um, somebody calls in from London. Um, and it's just a really fun kind of supportive group. Um, it's not your, like, drink wine and don't talk about the book we read. Um, some kind of like fun, crazy books. We read David Goggins "Can't Hurt Me" book the last time, and people mm-hmm. made some pretty crazy goals to stick to in a month before we have our our next book. Um, we host dinners. Actually, we hosted a dinner. We we ran a retreat in March, and we hosted a dinner in Chicago. And people from Philadelphia actually flew into um, Chicago for the weekend to hang out with all the people from Chicago that were on the trip. And we taught a yoga class and cooked dinner on a rooftop and took classes together. And that was really fun. Um, but we try and set that up and check in with people to really make sure that people stay accountable to the things they said they were gonna do, you know, in that super clear headspace. And coming home, you had this family of people. I've got now three or four full group me groups going where people are on the daily commenting and keeping people in check and asking how things are going and
0: people have helped
1: other people get jobs and um, they visit when people change cities. So it's a really cool, connected community that we are trying to build outside the duration of those weeks individually also.
0: Yeah. With all of this, uh, how much rest do you prescribe? You know, do you always talk <laughs> about rest you know, and, and recovery? Uh, as I think about that, I'm like, all right, Jason, like, when is it okay to do nothing?
1: You know? Oh yeah.
0: And oh say, yeah. I've got a I've got a little need for some self care, and that self care involves actually you know, maybe sitting on my ass a little bit too, because this is all hard. Like, it's it, it's not easy. You know what you're talking about uh, is great, and total life wellness and being involved in all of these things is all great. But I just know personally too, there are sometimes that I am overtrained, you know, or that I am over organized, you know, in a way, or overbalanced, like I've read, I've meditated, I've taken my Epsom salt bath, I've put my recovery <laughs> boots on, I've trained today, I've done my sauna, I've read my book, you know, tucked my kids and go, okay, when's the day when, when you prescribe, hey, do nothing now. And it or is that not a principle for you guys?
1: Yeah, and and you know what's interesting is you said, like think about all the things that you named first and then you get your rest day. And that's exactly it. Like I, I um, there's a mountain biking term or a, uh, like a hiking term that says earn your turn um, mm-hmm. to say like, you have to, you have to hike up to be able to enjoy the ride down. Like you got to ride up to be able to enjoy the ride down. You have to work hard to enjoy the downtime. You know what the worst possible position to be in is the person that um, does a little bit of work and then they say, Oh, I got my 10,000 steps. I'm going to eat my donut. That oscillation of mediocrity is the worst possible place to be in because it's all complacency. It's saying like, well, I did this. So I deserve that. You probably don't, you know, when you need rest and after a few times of getting to the point where you say, I know I'm overtrained. I know I'm overworked. Life is forcing me to take a break. You need to take the break. The next time around, you need to review to say, did working to the point of exhaustion or working to the point of overtraining, was there somewhere in there where I could have pulled back on the intensity in order to be more consistent? And that is. The balance. It's to say, at what times do I need to be very intense? And what times do I need to pull back on the intensity to ensure that I can be consistent? And I am very, very bad at that. <laughs> I tend to do things in complete extremes. I'm either going zero miles an hour, or I'm going 100 miles an hour. And I... And personally, working on taking intermittent rest periods, taking um, kind of days off. I actually just took one on Monday and it was incredible. So I have to work um, all this week, every day. I had been working, you know, seven days. When you're an entrepreneur, you just, that, you're working every day. It, it, it con- completely consumes what you're doing because now you really care about what you're doing. This is your thing. You, you know, you only, eat what you kill, um, and you know that you could always be doing more. And so the entrepreneur and athlete have the hardest dilemma because there is a point at which doing more is not actually productive. Being Mm -hmm. self-aware enough to understand at what point that is and baking in breaks so that you can be consistent is the best strategy. I know that I work really well in very intense spurts, but then I need deep time off. Is that the most effective way to go about it for everybody? Absolutely not. Is it the most effective way for me to do it personally? Probably not, but I don't really know any different. So I'm kind of constantly working on experimenting with that. Um, I think you should err on the side of leaving the gym, kind of knowing you could have done a little bit more um, than leaving, knowing you did too much. I can't remember who's, quote that is, but a big uh, strength coach in our industry says that a lot. And I, I think it's a great, um, I think that's a great saying. Um, but I think that's for the person who tends to overdo it for the person who tends to underdo it. Um, I would say just kind of like triple your timeline. If you were going to do whole 30, do whole 90. So that instead of failing at day 20, you fail at day 45 and guess what? You did whole 30 plus 15 days. Um, so I, I think, after a while, after you move from kind of that beginner arena into the intermediate, that's when you can start saying, all right, I'm going to plan rest days. in." I think for, you know, the every day I'm just going to kind of exercise when I feel like it, life is just going to force you to take days off. um, And I think you should take them. And when you take one, you should own it. You know, if you're sneaking brownies in the cabinet, when no one's watching, and you're not actually even enjoying the fact that you're eating them, it's not doing you any favors. Instead of eating really well for six days in a row and then saying like, you know what, I've been eating, working really hard. I'm going to eat this dessert, and it's going to make me feel good about the work I've been doing, and it's also going to make me get back to eating healthy tomorrow, then eat it and own it and say, I'm enjoying this. I know that I needed this rest day. If you're sitting on the couch and being a little bit lazy and you say, you know what? I probably should run today or I probably should do something, but I just don't really feel like it. In that moment, you know exactly what you need to be doing and it is not sitting on the couch. (laughs) Um, So I think it's just learning to be kind of honest with yourself, honest with your effort and saying like, do I really deserve this? Um, And if you're not quite sure, like work with a coach on developing a routine that you know is going to be effective and then you can outsource that. Then you don't have to ask yourself that you can, you can, you know, outsource that accountability to someone else.
0: Jason, great stuff. I really appreciate you being on the show today. Jason Loebig, Live Better Company. Guys, subscribe to Wake Up Wednesdays. Get on there. Go find these guys. Follow what they're up to. It's some really amazing stuff. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for your time, my man. Would love to have you back.
1: Great. Thanks so much for having me. This is great. This is awesome.
0: Appreciate it. All right, Midlife Mail Podcast. Greg Scheinman, thank you guys very much for listening this week and every week. Talk to you soon. Peace. You've been listening to the Midlife Mail Podcast with Greg Scheinman, presented by Inns Group. Inns Group is ensuring success. For more information, visit InnsGroup.net. Hey, I am a big believer that everybody has a story. You just need somebody to help you tell it. You know you have a book in you. You know you have that idea for a book that you have wanted to write. You just don't know how. Mascot Books is going to help you do that. Naren Ariel and his team at Mascot Books and Amplify Publishing are going to help you make your dream of becoming an author a reality. Check them out. Look them up. Go see them. Tell them I sent you. And become the author that you've always wanted to be. Mascotbooks.com